Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Our Heavenly Father, we are thankful and grateful this afternoon. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you have given us to come before your presence. We pray, Lord, that you give us of your spirit to minister to us. We thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Father, for giving us hearts that are prepared to receive your word. This afternoon, let the word fall on good grounds. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus. And please be seated. Well, this afternoon, I want to give you or continue with our message on why every Christian must be a soul winner. Why every Christian must be a soul winner. Hallelujah. Why every Christian must be a soul winner. And um, we've been sharing this for some few weeks. Perhaps today we can share and put a pause on it. And perhaps we will take it up again. Or just as the Spirit will lead us. Amen. Amen. Why every Christian must be a soul winner. I believe by now you have received some few reasons. There are several reasons. There are about 120 reasons or more why every Christian must be a soul winner. And in this series, we are sharing a few of these reasons. And number one, we said Jesus declared soul winning as the purpose for his coming to the world. Jesus declared soul winning as his sole purpose for coming to the world. Hallelujah. Number two, what did we say? Say Jesus' main reason for calling anyone to follow him is to make him to become a fisher of man. A fisher of man. That is the main reason. There are several other things that come with it. But the main reason for Jesus to call anyone to follow me, follow him, is to make you fishers of men. He said, follow me. Follow me. And I will make you, I will make you to become fishers of men. Follow me. That is his main reason for calling anyone to follow him. So if you are a follower of Jesus, if you follow Christ, then the reason why he has called you to follow him is to make you a fisher of men. Amen. Amen. The main reason is not to make you a good wife or a good husband or a good worker or a good student. The main reason is to make you a fisher of men. 
Hallelujah. Amen. The main reason is not to give you a job. Uh-huh. Do you understand? We don't go to church because we're looking for God to bless us with a job. Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. Number three. What did we say? The reason for the power of God in the church is to win souls. That is the reason. The reason why God gives his power. He says he gives his power. The reason is because he wants you to be a soul winner. Hallelujah. That is the reason why God gives his power. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding the word of God this afternoon? What is the reason for God's power? I said, what is the reason for God's power? Amen. That is the main reason why God gives us his power. To make you a soul winner. So, if you want the power of God, the first thing that you want to do is to become a soul winner. Then you receive the power of God. The power to do all kinds of things. The power to heal. The power to step on serpents. The power to cast out demons. All this power comes for soul winners. Hallelujah. It is not for pastors. It is not for prophets. It is not for anyone but anyone who is a soul winner. It is not for some special people. The special people are soul winners. Hallelujah. Amen. So that is the reason why God gives us his power in the church. Amen. And the next one. Every believer has been given the ministry of reconciliation. When God saves us now, he hands over the ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. The ministry of you also bringing other people to Christ. God hands over that ministry to you once you come to him. Hallelujah. And we shared extensively on that. Now, all these series of messages, all these messages in that series are available on our podcast. And I want all of you to listen to it, especially coming July. is going to be one of our main months of reminding ourselves of what we really are. So winners. Do you understand? We don't wait for July to win souls. July is just a month to really remind us and highlight these reasons that I'm sharing with you. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So today, I want to give you one more before we put this message on a pause. I want to give you one more reason. You want one more reason? Okay, so why every Christian must be a soul winner? The next reason is because Every Christian is basically a witness of what he or she, and I will have to add a she, what he or she has experienced with Christ. Why are you not writing? You'll forget. The next reason is because every Christian is basically Every Christian is basically a witness of what he or she, if you are he, you can write he, leave it alone, has experienced with Christ. 
your experience, what you have experienced with Christ, what you have encountered as a Christian, coming in contact with Christ, what you have experienced. You are basically a witness of that. That is why every Christian must be a soul winner. Every Christian, if you are a Christian, then you must have had an encounter with Christ. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. Say, witnesses. Say, I will be a witness. I will be a witness if I receive that power. He says, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Unto who? This is Jesus speaking. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and where else? Unto the outermost parts of the earth. You are going to be a witness in Judea, in all of Samaria, and, in Je- and, and where else? In Jerusalem and unto the outermost parts of the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. You are a witness. Tell your neighbor you are a witness. You are a witness. Hallelujah. You are a witness. Amen. You are a witness. If you encounter Christ, you are a witness. Hallelujah. If you have had any encounter with Christ, you are a witness. Amen. Wonderful. I want to read, I want us to read a scripture in John chapter 9 about someone's encounter with Christ. John chapter 9 and verse 1. John chapter 9 and verse 1. It says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Amen. You see, this Jesus passed by. He saw a man which was blind from his birth. Jesus took notice. It was Jesus that took notice. I want you to notice that. That Jesus took notice of this man as he passed by. Please give me a little volume so that I'm... He says, he saw a man which was blind from where? His birth. From his birth. The next verse, and the next verse, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents, that he was born blind. Who did sin? This man or his parents, that he was born blind. Jesus answered, Neither had this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Amen. Neither this man nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Other version says, so that 
the work of God will be displayed in him. Amen. Amen. So here is a man born blind from birth. Amen. That means he was deprived of sight since he was born. He had not seen since he was born. And the Bible is telling us that the only reason that this happened, the reason why God deprived this man of sight, of seeing, is so that the works of God should be made manifest in him. So that the work of God will be displayed in him. He says he has been born blind from birth. That means he was blind before he came out into this world. He was blind in the womb. Amen. You see, you don't know how valuable the work of God is to God. You have no idea how God values his work. That it be made manifest. Do you understand? You may think that perhaps your job is so important that you can skip God's work to get your job done. You may value your work so much that you think it is okay to put the work of God on pause and perform your job before. Or you may think that passing a test, your school examination is so important that you can put the work of God on pause to do that. Or you may think that finishing your career is so important that you can put the work of God on pause and then finish that and then come and do it later if you have time. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we feel that our eight hours of sleep is so vital, it's so important to our skin look, our color, our, our, our looks, our refreshment. It's so important. It is so important that we can skip the work of God. We can choose actually to skip the work of God so that we can justify our rest and rest and sleep. Amen. Amen. But here we see that the work of God is so important to him. It is so valuable to him that he can actually cause someone to be born blind from birth. The work of God is so important that a man will suffer blindness, not seeing all his life just because of the work of God. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Just because of the work of God. That someone is born blind, not because her mother had some, you know, sexual transmitted disease. That, I mean, there are diseases. If a woman carries certain diseases in your birth canal, you understand what I'm saying? That a child comes through, the child can be born blind. Do you understand? But Jesus is telling us the reason why this child is born blind is none of this. 
It's not because her mother was sleeping around and had a sexually transmitted disease and the child was born blind. It's not because they did something evil. It's not because they committed some sin. But to ensure that the work of God will be done. The work of God is so important to God. Amen. Amen. You see, many times, God will draw our attention to his work by withholding something that we deem so valuable from us. He will withhold something that you deem so valuable for your life. That you deem so valuable for your progress. That you deem so valuable for your success. God can withhold that thing from you just so that your attention will come to his work. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Many times. Hallelujah. So it is not every suffering or every inconvenience or everything that the Lord has held from us, or everything that we do not have, that is a, a result of our sin. Okay. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It's not every one of these things that is a result of our sin, or it's not every suffering that is a result of the devil's doing. It's not everything that is due to the devil. Amen. Amen. Look at this young man, born blind from birth. It is possible that his parents, the parents of this blind man, had taken him several times to prayer meetings, to anointing services, oil after oil, all night, praying for him for deliverance. There are many times that they were fasting and praying. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? The neighbors may have looked down on the parents as some sinful people, some sinful parents, seeing this child every day, sitting, going by, and looking at him, and they're talking and say, poor child, look at him, innocent child, look at sinful parents, look at what their sins have done to this child. Do you understand what? You see, because we associate every evil thing to sin. We associate every unanswered prayer to sin. So I can imagine how the neighbors, as the child is growing, and they're seeing his age group, his age group that are supposed to be his classmates, moving forward in life. Moving forward, moving forward in life and they pass by and he's begging. He's a beggar. For no fault of his. Nothing that he did. Do you understand? And he's born blind. Hallelujah. You see, sometimes we see a couple who have married for a few years and they don't have a child yet. And People start assigning all kinds of reasons. All kinds of reasons. It may be this. Oh, perhaps this. Oh, looking at her lifestyle, she probably had a lot of abortions. Oh, she has aborted all her children. 
all her children are finished. Oh, this, they perhaps that, perhaps this. Oh, looking at this, we think this. We assign all kinds of reasons but sometimes the reason sometimes some of these happen is so that the works of god may be made manifest we make people's life uncomfortable we ask with demeaning questions when is the baby coming when is the child coming when is the baby coming when is the child coming asking all sorts of questions but sometimes the reason why the baby is not coming the reason why the child is not coming is so that the works of god will be made manifest it is you who does not have value for the work of god it is you who does not understand how important the work of God is to him concerning anything, everything, such as somebody's eyesight, born blind, your career is gone, marriage, no woman wants to marry you, your family, they're embarrassed to have you, you are an outcast, no one wants to associate with you, you are dirty, you can't see them, the world is darkness to you all your life for no fault of yours. Is somebody understand the word of God? We assign reason. Sometimes somebody is in a particular career and you don't see any forward moving. You are being here the same spot. You are not going forward. But sometimes, sometimes God wants your attention on his work. God wants to draw your attention on his work. Sometimes God wants to fulfill his work through you. Amen. Amen. You know, there are two, uh, there's a couple in the Bible. Zechariah and Elizabeth. You know, the Bible says that they were right. Look at Luke, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 and verse 5. It says, there was in the days of Herod. Are you with me? Yes. Are you reading with me? He yes. said, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the cause of Abia. He was a priest. A man of God. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron. These are not some ordinary people. These are, these are in a, 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 a family powerful to God. Chosen people. Amen. He said his wife was of the daughters of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God. Walking in the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord's blameless. They were walking in the ordinances of the Lord, blameless. You can't find anything. But you see, people will make up all kinds of stories. Perhaps she didn't come to church last Sunday. That's what they said. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps the way she, perhaps the husband, perhaps the husband, perhaps this, perhaps this, perhaps. perhaps we assign all kinds of reasons. Perhaps even misusing the tithe. That's why. 
As a pastor, perhaps he's misusing the time. Perhaps he doesn't pray well. And the Bible says, verse 7, and they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. You see, you will not understand a reason for someone not having a child. Elizabeth was barren and they both were now well stricken in years. They were both now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he, Zachariah, executed the priest's office before God, in the order of his course. Now, I want to draw your attention to the fact that they were both stricken well in years. Do old people continue to think about childbirth? Are they still fasting and praying about childbirth? Don't you think they may have given up on that already? Verse 11, it says, And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. Which prayer? Which prayer? Were they still praying for childbirth? I will show you that they were not praying for childbirth because of Zachariah's response. They were not praying about this. They have stopped praying about this. That means, that means the prayer was heard when they were praying. Many years ago, when they were praying, the Lord heard it. The prayers rose to the heavenly throne room. Many years ago. But now an angel has come. And he's saying. Thy prayer. He says. The angel said unto him. Fear not Zacharias. For thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth. Shall bear thee a son. And thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness. And many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. And shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. Even from his mother's womb. Look at that. Powerful child. And many of the children of Israel shall, turn, shall he turn to the Lord their God. Now look at the reason. Why all this while Elizabeth has not had a child. Because there is the time. He says, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This is the time that Elizabeth ought to deliver. Or to have a child, a child that will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. You see, you don't understand the value of the work to God. He can shut your womb to ensure that his work be done. Amen. 
if you are sleeping, open your eyes because I'll call your name. Because I am preaching a very important message. You know, sometimes when I say if you are sleeping, open your eyes, I intentionally come here. But the sleeping is on this side. You understand? Yeah. I do that on purpose. So that you, you people don't notice you too much. I'm preaching a message from my heart and you are sleeping on me. That is why you go back the same. You see, sometimes God wants you to be humble and he would withhold certain things from you. Sometimes God wants you to be humble and you will try, pray, fast, do all things. Pastors will lay hands on you, pour oil on you, prophesy on you until that humility comes in you and you know yourself. I say you know yourself. You know yourself that you are not humble. And until that humility comes in you, God will continue to hold on because the work of God is very important to him. He wants to use you, but he cannot use you without humility. Amen. I mean, there are so many people, if all the things that you want in life were given to you, you will not be in church today. Oh, you will not be in church. Even small thing that came to you, look at how you are behaving now. Small thing, small position there where you are placed you. Look at your behavior now. Look at your behavior. And so that humility, if it is not shown to God, and God is the only one that sees that humility. Because it is not how you say, oh, daddy, can I give you something to drink? Oh, mommy, can I give you something? Oh, daddy, can I do this? It's not that. God sees what is in your heart. It is not about daddy and mommy, but what is in your heart. And until he sees that change, he will continue to hold it. Because his work is very important to him. And he cannot use you without humility. But I believe God has something great for you. I said, God has something great for you. He says, this child, this is a supernatural child. He will taste of the Holy Spirit even in the womb. Amen. Even in the womb. Hallelujah. See, the reason why I was saying Zechariah, they have stopped praying about it. He says, verse 18, and Zechariah said unto the angel, whereby shall I know this? You see how the old man, ah, angel of God, whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man. I am an old man. Even when I see Elizabeth distance walking around, you know, nothing, nothing. So whereby, how can I see this? Whereby shall I see this? He says, and my wife was stricken in years. If you look at her, you know, I mean, things are falling apart. Well stricken in years. Angel, I think you miss your direction. Perhaps one of the, my, my, the prayers I've been praying for the young ones. That is what you are talking about. So, he has stopped praying about this. Elizabeth has stopped praying about this. And they are waiting. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? There's someone here. God wants to use you for mighty works. Great things. God wants to open a great doors unto you. But there's pride that stands in the door. Pride. 
and you know yourself. It's in your heart. You know yourself. He says, and the angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God. And I am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not be able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my, thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. In their season. The works, it will be fulfilled. Amen. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. God's work, it will be fulfilled. Amen. But the suffering that you will suffer is that he will withhold something from you. He will make you dumb. You cannot speak because he wants his works to go on. He will want his work to go on. When the season comes, it will be fulfilled. Is somebody understanding the word of God this afternoon? Yes. So think about it. Faithful people. Faithful people walking upright before God in the ordinances of God. And God found it necessary to keep them from having a child. Not any refer people, but very special people. Very special people. So, God's work is more important to him than they having a child. And he found people that he was doing them favor that this great child will be born to them. So, he's causing them all these years not to have a child. And it's the favor of God. I say it's the love of God. Sometimes what God wants to deliver you from pride, he will hold something from you. And it's the favor of God. Because with pride, you can't come before God. Sometimes some of you, you are really some way. And that, re- that reason God would, would hold something from you. Until your somewayness is healed, cured, eradicated. And then you see that things are just happening to you. You can't even explain. Things are happening to you. So Elizabeth and Zachariah, they didn't know that God's kindness was what has kept them from having a child. They didn't know that. I believe they may have fasted, binded the devil, casting out demons. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? But it was God's favor that has found them to keep them from having a child. So sometimes, instead of lamenting and crying over an issue, over some kind of suffering, and wondering why it is happening to you, ask God, what is his purpose for this issue? What is his purpose for this suffering? What is his purpose for this thing that has been withheld from you? Instead of lamenting and crying and wondering why it has happened to you, ask what is the purpose for the suffering? Amen. What is God trying to accomplish in your life out of this suffering? What is God trying to get out of you? What is God, why is God withholding this from you? What is his reason? What is his purpose? Hallelujah. What work does God want to accomplish through this suffering that you are going through? 
Amen. Amen. You see, the disciples asked Jesus for the cause of the suffering. They asked him, who did sin? Was it this man or his parents that he was born blind? And you would think Jesus will explain, but instead, he addressed the purpose. He addressed the purpose, not why, but he addressed the purpose. He says, so that the works of God will be made manifest in him or will be displayed in him. Jesus addressed the purpose. Hallelujah. We should not focus on assigning blame. We should not focus on trying to figure out the source of our suffering trying to find explanation and assigning all kinds of reason to our suffering because our understanding of the ways of God, they are very limited. They are very limited. Is somebody understanding? They are very limited. Job's understanding, Job's suffering was attributed to all kinds of things by his friends. Do you understand? But they didn't know they didn't know that there was a divine meeting. There was a spiritual meeting concerning that plan. They didn't know. Amen. Amen. You see, there are many of you who experience all kinds of things. And I believe that you have powerful messages to share with people. Hallelujah. Let's continue to read this. It says, and the disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? No, back, back to John. Master, who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind. Jesus answered, neither had this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. That is another point. But that's not for today. Perhaps someday. That the night cometh. That is why every Christian must be a soul winner. Where no man can work. There's a night coming. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. And said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. This blind man, Jesus spat, made clay, touched his eyes, and he said, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. He went, he washed, and he came back, and his eyes are open, and he's seeing. Amen. I said, his eyes are open, and he's seeing. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. I'm preaching an important message. The devil is trying to keep your eyes closed. The neighbors, therefore, the neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? I'm talking about your experience with Christ must make you a witness to Christ. Your experience. So the neighbors therefore asked him, is he not this 
that was born blind? Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, he's like him. But he said, I'm the man. I am the man. I am the man. He said, I am the man. You are looking at the man. Yes, there are some of you who are sitting here today and your friends look at you and say, is it not this girl that used to be going about, is it the same person that I'm seeing married and happy and having a wedding and doing all that? You say, yeah, I am the one. I am the one. I am the one. You will be the one also. I say you will be the one also. People will wonder, are you the one? You will say, I am the one. Yeah, are you the one? I am the one. You have had an encounter. Are you the one? I am the one. Therefore said they unto him. Here is your message. Here is your witnessing. Beginning. He said, therefore said they unto him. How were thine eyes open? How were thy eyes open? How have you changed so much? We were in high school together. We saw you, the way you were going about, the way you were doing, sleeping with all kinds of guys, sleeping with all kinds of women. What happened to you? Look at us and look at you. We see a difference. What happened to you? They said, therefore said they, how were thy eyes open? He answered and said, a man that is called, 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 that will be your message. I say, I have had an encounter and I am a witness. I have had an encounter and I am a witness. It says, I have met a man that is called Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Born blind since birth. And it's for this reason. I say, it is for this reason. That the works of God should be made manifest in him. Not in anyone else, but in him that was born blind. In him that is suffering. In him that feels God has withheld something from you. That the work of God will be made manifest in you. You have a story. I say, everybody's got a story. You have a story. You have an encounter with Jesus. You have a story. Hallelujah. He said, a man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and I washed and I received sight. That is your testimony. I said, that is your testimony. That is your testimony. Hallelujah. And they said unto him, where is he? They will ask you. Where is he? And he says, I know not. But you will say, he's in the Bronx North Branch, the QFC. He is in the Bronx North Branch, the QFC. That is where I met him. Where is he? Where is he? That is the question. You will point people to Jesus. By your testimony. You will point people to Jesus. They brought, they brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. When you begin to share about your encounter with God, people who look down upon you, people who never considered you, people who you could not come close, you will, be, you will appear before them, with, before kings and with princesses to testify of the Christ that you have encountered. 
You'll be brought, you'll be brought, you'll be invited. When you testify of God, what he has done for you. So they brought him to the Pharisees. Him that aforetime was blind. Him that was a beggar. The Pharisees will never come close to a, a blind beggar because he's filled with sin according to them and they cannot be contaminated. But here you see, you see, if you are a leper, blind, all kinds of these diseases, you can't come near religious leaders. You contaminate them. But when you begin to testify of your encounter with Christ, they will bring you to these people. So this is the reason why he was born blind. You see, if you read the scripture, the chapter before this, we don't have time to read it. But if you read the chapter before this, these Pharisees were arguing with Jesus. Everything he said, they were arguing. Everything he said, they were arguing. And then this chapter followed. Are you with me? So he said, they brought him to the Pharisees, him that aforetime was blind. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, he put clay. Who put clay? Jesus. I said, who put clay? Jesus. Oh, the name was spread. He said, he put clay upon my eyes and I washed and do see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? Do such what? Miracles. Do such what? Miracles. You see, it didn't say do such miracle. But you see, before, there were several other miracles. They never were looking at those miracles. But now, through this man's message, they are considering all the miracles that he has been doing. And they say, if this man was a sinner, how can he do such miracles? And there was what? There was what? What is the division for? Division for what? For them that believe and them that believe not. Because of his testimony, the people who could not receive from Christ, the people who were arguing with him because of this man's testimony, now there is a division and we have some that will believe and as long as the word of God is sown, there will be some that will believe and there will be some that will not believe. They say unto the blind man again, what sayest thou of him that he had opened thine eyes? He said, he's a prophet. <laughs> so now he's advancing. He's a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind. You see, if the man was awake, alive, born and working and suddenly he became blind, they say, oh, his laziness. He has closed his eyes and pretending to be blind so he can beg. But not this man. So they he says, until they call the parents of him that are receiving sight. They didn't believe. So they call his parents. And they brought his parents. They asked them, saying, Is this your son? Who he say, who he say was born blind? How then doth he now see? 
come and explain how he can see now. Is this your son? Did Did the parents have an encounter with Jesus? Did the father have an encounter with Jesus? Did the mother have an encounter with Jesus? So they call the parents who gave birth to this blind child. And they say, is this your son who now say he can see? The next verse. His parents answered them and said, we know not not. We know, we know that this is our son. And that he was born blind. We can agree. This is our son. Yes. Was he born blind? Yes. He was born blind. But by what means he now see it, we do not know. Or who had opened his eyes, we did not know. We have not had an encounter with this person. We have never heard this person. We have not met him. We have not any personal encounter. I said the personal encounter, it is yours. I said it is yours. To testify, to make you a witness. Not your pastor, not your parents, not your father, not your mother, not your shepherd. Personal encounter. He says, we know that this is our son, but by what means he now see it, we do not. Or who had opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age. Ask him, he shall speak for himself. Tell your neighbor you are of age. Say you are of age. You have been around for a while. You should speak for yourself. Say you have been in the church for a while now. Say you are not a child anymore. Say you are of age. You are of age. You should also witness. He's of age. Ask him. He's the one that had an encounter. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, he's of age, ask him. (laughs) Then again, called they the man that was born blind and said unto him, give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he be sinner or no, I know not. <laughs> this man, eh, I said, When you have an encounter with Jesus, nothing will stop you. Nothing will change your message. You will preach the same message because it's your encounter. Hallelujah. What Christ has done for you, it's your encounter. He said, Whether he's a sinner or no, I know not. One thing, one thing, I know that whereas I was blind, now I see. Wow. Put your hands together for Jesus. Wow. You see, recently we went to... um, we, I lost one of my classmates and then we went to a funeral. His funeral. He was a very close friend of mine. And there were a whole lot of my classmates that came, you know. And then as we were sitting, you know, someone came. 
I heard you are a pastor. <laughs> Say, I heard you are a pastor. I said, yes. <laughs> really? You? I said, yes. <laughs> wow. And then he mentioned some name. I won't tell you. I said, I won't tell you. He said, they will be surprised. Because your work was not organizing people to serve God. Your work was organizing people to afford all kinds of evil things. All kinds of things. Young people to have girlfriends and boyfriends and all kinds of things. But today, I said today, whereas I was blind, whereas I was blind. You know, we, was, we, we used to organize. Listen, if I organize something, you can see that it's organized. It's today that, uh, you know, you can see that it's organized. And then the people come a lot. And the people are happy. Because they were all boys' school. And then you bring all these girls from all over the place. And then they give you. I won't tell you what they will say. They say, that means that's landed. That's landed. That's one car has come. Another bus has come. Another bus. Another bus. Oh. But whereas I was blind. Now. I see. People will be looking at you. I say people will be looking at you and they'll be wondering, is that you? You say, it is me. Is that you? It is me. Whereas I was blind, now I see. Then said they to him again, what did he to thee? How open ye thine eyes? He answered them, I have told you already. And ye did not hear. Wherefore will you hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? That is what you have to ask people. Would you also give your life to Christ? This is what Jesus has done for me. And I have shared it with you. Would you also give your life to Christ? Are you born again? Would you also want to be his disciples? And then, you see, this message has been the same. The same consistently. He answered, then they reviled him and said, and they thought they were saying something mockingly. They said, thou art his disciples. And Jesus has said, if you continue in my word, if the word continues in you, then are ye my disciples indeed. Amen. This is a disciple indeed. He says, but we are of Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. <laughs> the man answered and said unto them, Wow! Why? Wherein? Herein is a marvelous thing, that ye know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened my eyes. You see, these are people who are supposed to know the scriptures. These are people who know righteousness. And who God is with. And he wonders how you cannot know where this one is coming from. But he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners. He is the man preaching to them now. 
Oh, you will also preach. Amen. Now you will also preach. Amen. Your classmates will see you preaching. Amen. They will look at you and they will hear you preaching. They will call for school reunion and you will be preaching to them. They will wonder. He says, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. Hallelujah. They answered and said unto him, Thou was altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. Yes. You were born in sins. You see, they were, they were rehearsing the scriptures. They, 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 they were going over the scriptures, but their eyes were blind. That is why I pity everyone who is sleeping as I'm preaching. Because it's the enemy that blinds you. He says, the, the Bible says that for all have sinned. You were born in sin. We were all conceived and born in sin. And that is a confession that they are making. But now he stands to preach because he has had an encounter with the blood of Jesus. Jesus has encountered and the sins have been washed away. The sins has been made of old and now all things have become new. He says, thou was altogether born in sins and dost thou teach us? Yes, you were born in sins, but today you will stand to preach. I say you were born in sins, but you will stand to preach. Hallelujah. Sylvester, you were born in sins, but you will stand to preach. Some of your classmates saw you doing all kinds of evil things. Your boss knows you to be some wild person, but he will hear you preaching. He said, they answered, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said, Does, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast been seen, thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. You see, when you have had an encounter with Jesus, it will make you now to go witnessing. Hallelujah. It will make you a witness. Amen. There was another man, the madman of Gadara. The Bible says he has been possessed by demons. Legions of demons. Being tortured. And when everyone sees him, he's a sinful, is the Bible says, for no man could tame him. No, no, we they tie him and he breaks the chains. And when he encountered Jesus, all the chains were broken. He was healed. And then Mark chapter 5, verse 18, the Bible says, And when he was come out into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him how be it do you see this is when the madman was healed and he was a sane man the bible says he was a wild man who was living in the cemetery he, he could not live in the city but when he encountered jesus everything changed everything changed and then when he came he says he came to jesus he said, and when he came into the ship, he, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him 
that he might be with him. But what did Jesus say? How be it? Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord had done for thee and had had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in the capitalists how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men marveled in the Decapolis. He says, he wanted to be with Jesus. When he, Jesus healed him, he wanted to be with Jesus. But Jesus suffered him not. Some of you, you still want to be in the church and sit down and be preached to. But Jesus is saying, go out and tell your friends. Go and tell your neighbors. Go and testify of the great things that God has done for you. Go out and testify. Go out. He says, I want to be with you. But he said, he suffered him not, but said unto him, go home to thy friends. Go home to your relatives. Go home to your co-workers. Go and tell them how great things the Lord had done for thee. And how he had had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish. He began to evangelize. He began to evangelize in Decapolis. Bible scholars say Decapolis stands for 10 regions. 10 different regions. He went from one region to the other, preaching and sharing what Christ had done for him. The encounter. Be a witness of what Christ had done for you. And the Bible says, and all men did marvel. People will marvel to hear what Christ had done for you. Hallelujah. Some of you know how your life was. And today, if you look at yourself, you can testify of what Christ had done for you. That you met Christ and everything is changed. Everything is changed. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. And stand to your feet. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Father, we thank you. I feel a wave of love that is moving. A wave of love. The love of Christ. I feel that there are memories that are coming back. How far the Lord has brought us. Oh, sometimes when we look at some of our classmates, some of our workmates, some of the people that we grew up with, when we look back and see how far the Lord has brought us, when we look back in our lives where we were before and now we look and see how far the Lord has brought us indeed our story ought to be told indeed we can make a song of our story to praise our Savior Father let our story be a praise unto you let our story be a song unto you let our story be a hymn to you let our story be a witness unto you. Let our story testify of your goodness. Let our story testify of your compassion. Let our story testify of our love. Let our story testify of the sacrifice that you made for us. We thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. We give you honor. In the name of Jesus. Now with all eyes closed and every head bow, you are here this afternoon. The Lord can give you also a story. Everyone has a story. We all have stories. You are here this afternoon. 
it does not matter what you have done in your life it does not matter where you have been before it does not matter what you have done before you are here this afternoon you are saying pastor pray with me I want to give my life to Jesus I want to give my life to Jesus I want Jesus to use my story to witness to others also you are here you are saying pastor pray with me I want to receive Jesus Christ as my savior if that is your story if that is your prayer you want to receive Jesus as your personal savior wherever you are just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you you want to receive Jesus Christ as your savior just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you God bless you is there anyone else here you are here this afternoon you are saying pastor pray with me I want to receive Jesus as my savior is there anyone here like that anyone here like that anyone here like that you want to receive Jesus as your master and as your savior I want to pray a simple prayer with you this afternoon I see your hand anyone else oh yes I see your hand also is there anyone else you want to receive Jesus as your savior Jesus is here no matter what you are going through I see your hand God bless you is there anyone else anyone else if you have lifted up your hand I want you to take one bold step to come and meet me here I want to share a prayer with you come come forward come here come sister I want to pray with you come. I want to pray with you come. it's a bold step it's a bold step yes it's the greatest walk let him have his way. Is there anyone else? You hear the Lord ministering to your heart. There's a silent voice, quiet voice, very soft voice talking to you and say, this is the day. I feel there's one more person here. You are hearing a voice and it's saying, come, give your life and I will change you. I will transform you. The Lord is saying, I've been waiting. I've been waiting. Today is your day. You hear a voice like that. It is you. Come forward. And I want to pray with you. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? I'm giving you one more chance. Come forward here. And I'll pray with you. You feel in your heart. Jesus is ministering to you right now. He's talking to you right now. Oh yes. I feel in my spirit. There's one more person here. Jesus wants to save today. I don't know why. But today is your day. I don't know if there is tomorrow for you, but you need to give your life to Jesus. I feel strongly. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Let him have his way. Lift up your right hand and say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I believe you are the son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus, I was conceived in sin. I was born in sin. This afternoon, I come to you with a heart full of repentance. I repent of my sins. 
forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, this afternoon, I welcome you into my life. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my savior. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. In Jesus' name. Say this after me. Say, Satan, I have known your ways. I have made a decision. I have found Jesus. I will serve Jesus. I will no longer walk with you. I will walk with Jesus the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you for your children that have gathered here right now. I thank you for the gift of salvation. Build a hedge around them. Protect them from the wicked one. Let the enemy not have a hand in their lives. Let their hearts not be wiped clean for the enemy to return to say, I will return to my house. Their house shall never be the house of the enemy. In the name of Jesus. But may the Spirit of God fill you. May your life be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. May the angels of God walk with you in your going out and your coming in. May the Lord keep you and protect you and preserve you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Reverend Bright and Kuma, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.